Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dota birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching us on YouTube, please smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube mm-hmm. channel, uh, please knock that out while you're here. Okay, let's get into it. Dead leg. At this moment, there are exactly... 13 undefeated teams left mm. in the sport. Consider this an episode opening trivia time. Without looking, without cheating, can you name all 13 still undefeated teams? I don't know if I can do that, but I can say right off the top, you are incorrect. Mm-mm-mm. What? There are 12. Somebody just lost? I saw Ken Palm about an hour ago. Southern Miss lost. So if Southern Miss is on the list, oh, they are not. Okay, let me let's start this over. Delete everything. God, I had notes on Southern Miss and everything. Those sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm done. Twelve. There are twelve undefeated teams left in the sport. Thanks a lot, Southern Miss. Can you name all twelve? Uh okay. Uh let's go here. Purdue. Virginia. Houston. UConn, Auburn, that's five, right? That's um, five, right. Uh, man, uh, okay. I'm trying to think who you'd have uh, top your rankings here. What obvious two more that are in the current AP top 25. Oh, that's it. Only two more. Just two more. Yeah, the rest of them are outside. Side note, did UCLA, I know they're not, did UCLA beat Oregon? I was putting my kids to bed. Did they win that game? UCLA did beat Oregon. Okay. Mick Cronin okay. continues to to, to okay. be on pace to to really put it out of reach, that he's not only the greatest UCLA coach of all time, but he will remain that no matter who follows. Nice victory for the Bruins. Um, to win the top 25, you've got, who am I not? Uh, did I say Texas? You didn't, but that's one of them, obviously. Okay. Uh, actually, oh, actually, come on, man. Uh, well, Maryland's ranked, right? We're going to uh, Maryland. Yeah, they, Maryland is ranked. Okay, so that 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 is um, seven of them. I know Houston, another one. Texas, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, Auburn, Maryland. The rest of these there, and there are one, two, three, four, five left. They're all outside of the AP poll right now, but I do believe at least one of them is going in the AP poll tomorrow. It and should. I know which one it is. And the only reason why I know this one is because I did my power rankings. And I was like, there's no way I can keep this team out. I know Mississippi State's one of them unless they've lost in the past six hours. 
Mississippi State is undefeated. Mississippi State should be on the, in the AP poll tomorrow on Monday. More on them in a moment. We got four left. I mean, GP, if they're out, uh, all mid majors. Um, no, one is an SEC school. Oh, one is uh, Missouri. Missouri, 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 Missouri with Dennis Gates remains undefeated. More yep. on them later, perhaps. Um, and the other three are what you would consider west of the Mississippi. And at least two of them have had, like, you know, real basketball tradition. All right. Three left. We're already down to 12. Man, tomorrow will mark four weeks, essentially, since the start of the season, and we only got 12 unbeatens left. Um, two with real basketball tradition. Oh, well, first of all, as we record this, I remember that I talked, I mentioned this on the Friday podcast. Utah State was undefeated. So Utah State's one of them because they play later tonight against San Francisco. So as we record this, that's still true, right? That's right. Utah State is one of them. But that's not one of the other two that have basketball tradition, right? No, the other two have real basketball tradition. I mean, one has won a national championship. Two west of the Mississippi. You ready for this? One of them has one of them has won a national championship. The other one is currently coached. Nope, 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 nope. One of them has won a national championship, and the other one is coached by the son of a person who has won a national championship. One's won a title, and one is coached by. I, I, if I hope that if guess away in the chat because I'm not watching, I'm not watching the chat in case anyone's giving away. All right, one has won a title, and the other one is. Say that again. Coached by a person whose father has won a national championship. They're both coached by sons of prominent college basketball coaches who also coached in the NBA. New Mexico. New Mexico is undefeated under Richard Patino, son of Rick Patino. Oh, man. And the other one is is coached. It's yeah. it's a program that has won a national title. It is coached by the son of a former college coach who also coached in the NBA, and his father coached at this school. I'm seeking. Hold on. I'm. I'm. Uh, um. Oh, ah, uh, dude, is UNLV undefeated right now? UNLV is 8-0 undefeated under Kevin oh, Kruger, okay. son of Juan Kruger, who coached at UNLV, a lot of different places, including the NBA. So of the, um, of the 12 undefeated teams, seven of them are in the current AP poll. One of them, Mississippi State, should enter Monday's AP poll, and the other four are undefeated, but lacking, if we're being honest, um, anything resembling a big signature win that would make – most people notice. I do want to, and there's a reason I led us down this path, um, spend a, a second shining a spotlight on a couple of these teams because they represent where I'm most currently out of step with AP voters. You know, Maryland is 22nd in the current AP poll. Um, the Terrapins are surely going to move up when this updates on Monday. Mississippi State currently unranked in the AP poll, though I do believe the Bulldogs are going to enter the AP poll on Monday. Would you believe? And I know, I know you don't look at these, so it'll, it, the shock I, I, I'm anticipating uh, should be fun. I currently have Maryland at number eight and Mississippi State at number nine in the top 25 and one. In a world where most of the uh, perceived best teams have lost to teams comparable to some of the teams Maryland and Mississippi State have beaten, 
Now, Maryland and Mississippi State remain undefeated and in possession of fast-riding computer numbers. I'm happy to reward them. Am I crazy or am I crazy or am I not not as crazy as, as some that, might that think? That is quite uh, Norlander power rankings of you, and I endorse that entirely because I, can, I, I can't promise promise, but I almost feel like if I get to, because I, I do those Wednesday night, they publish every Thursday, and what GP does with his daily rankings, I do a little bit differently with the power rankings. I try and reward more. GP tends to get more resume-based, uh, and I'm more, I look at some of that, but I'm more, how how good have you been in recent weeks? Like, it's more of a hot trend list, which teams are playing well in the past, you know, X number of games. That being said, if uh, if Maryland and, and Mississippi State can keep a bagel in the loss column by the time Thursday gets here, I would expect that I would put both of them in the top 10 there. And yeah, Maryland, you know, the, the game was Friday night. So we, we've had we've got geez, this, is a, this is a more loaded podcast, by the way, than I would have anticipated us having. But we have a ton to get to here. And yeah, a, a light deserves to be shined on both these programs. Quick on Mississippi State. Christians, we talked about it on the podcast, and then, you know, it was written about, tweeted about, talked about. That was just seen as a hire that was uh, made a ton of logical sense, although I did fade it in year one. I didn't think that they would be immediately uh, a factor, and who knows? We got plenty of time to go here, but he is knocking it out of the park right now, similar to how Dennis Gates is doing. Strength of schedules aren't exactly the same there, and I would say that because of Mississippi State's defense overall. It's been with Missouri, it's been offense. Mississippi State's been on the de- defensive side. Uh, a couple of really nice stories to start. We'll see if those two SEC programs can keep it going there. From a resume perspective, Mississippi State is stronger. But for Maryland to get off to this strong of a start, it is a, I mean, it's a gravy train kind of start, man. That was a really fun watch on Friday night. It was a better watch than the Gonzaga Baylor game, which of course we'll get to here in a little bit, but Jameer Young going for 24 points, getting that huge three late to get Maryland the win. Akeem Hart went five of six from three point range. And Dante Scott has a seemingly never ending battery. I just, Kevin Willard seems to have found something pretty good. Um, You know, we can get to the schedule in just a second. I don't know how much longer Maryland can last without a loss. If it does, then we really are going to have something there. But uh, it was a huge home environment. I think I mentioned this on the pod Friday. It was, you know, the most anticipated home game since February 29. Yes, it was a leap year 2020. I went down there for that game against Michigan State. That was a season in which Maryland started that season also 8-0, 9-0, 10-0. That was, you know, the last good Turgeon team. And that was an awesome environment that night uh, and certainly a very competitive game. They showed up big, you know, obviously a little bit, not weird, but, you know, they didn't used to have conference games in the first week of December the way they do now. And the reason is because conferences have swelled to the point where in order to justify having 20 league games, which I don't like, but it's what they're going to do. 20 league games means you're going to have to scoot in a couple on the front end, which is what the Pac-12 is doing right now. The Big Ten has done as well. And a byproduct of that is that you got, you know, Maryland, Illinois was not expected to be a, a must, must, must see kind of game at this point in the season, but both those teams have started off really strong. And so we were actually treated to a nice little uh, twin bill between Gonzaga, Baylor, and then Maryland, Illinois on Friday. And I thought Maryland, Illinois was the superior watch and, uh, and good stuff on the Terps. What about you, GP? Well, I just want to run you through Maryland because you know, I do think the AP poll is going to move Maryland up pretty significantly, you know, because it, it recorded a, a significant win on Friday. Um, I, I don't know that they'll go as high as I've gone. But they'll they'll be close, I would assume the AP voters. Um, with Mississippi State, I still think we're going to be separated because Mississippi State doesn't have some big win. But I do want to walk you through the resumes just to sort of try to explain uh, the justification. You know, Maryland right now is is eight and zero, got wins over Illinois, St. Louis, Miami. That's three wins over top forty five Kimpon teams. And so I've got the Terrapins up to eighth in the top twenty five and one after Creighton, which was ahead of both Maryland and Mississippi State. 
lost on on Sunday, and we'll we'll get to that. Maryland, for what it's worth, started fifty sixth at Ken Palm, and is now up to twentieth. So that's a thirty six spot move to the good since the start of the season. They aren't only undefeated; they are playing and performing really well. And so if you're a Maryland fan, you got to be thrilled with how this is going under Kevin Willard. And you're exactly right. It is unclear how long the Terps are going to be able to keep that zero in the loss column. But if they do keep it in there for three more games, then if there are any skeptics at this point, they will no longer exist. Because up next for Maryland, it's Tuesday at Wisconsin. And that's a Wisconsin team that, that just you know went to Marquette and won. Then next Sunday, um, Maryland will play Tennessee in Brooklyn. Because there's no better way to ensure a boring atmosphere for a college basketball game than uh, to put it uh, inside Barclays Center on a Sunday afternoon in December. So that'll be that. And then Maryland um, has UCLA at home on December 14th. So that's the next three games at Wisconsin, neutral with Tennessee, home against UCLA. If Maryland goes from 8 0 to 11 0, like I said, there will be no remaining skeptics in, in everybody. Uh, we'll have Maryland in the top 10 by then. As for Mississippi State, 8-0. Got a win over the Marquette team that smashed Baylor and a win over the Utah team that smashed Arizona. So that's two wins over top 50 Kimpom teams that own wins over top 20 Kimpom teams. And it's why I've got the Bulldogs all the way up to ninth in the top 25 and one. You know, Baylor beat Gonzaga UCLA, but couldn't beat the Marquette team, the Mississippi State beat. Arizona beat Creighton, San Diego State, but couldn't beat the Utah team that Mississippi State beat. Now, when framed that way, this ain't no start for Chris Jans uh, looks pretty impressive, even if I can acknowledge, you know, it does lack a big signature win to date. Beyond that, some other numbers, and you touched on Mississippi State's defense, um, you know, they, they are right now eighth nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency, Mississippi State is, according to both Ken Palm and Bart Torvik. So they're really guarding, and they have improved 44 spots at Bart Torvik and 28 spots at Ken Palm since the beginning of the season. They are now, Mississippi State, 25th at Ken Palm, 33rd at Bart Torvik. So you know, when you combine that with the fact that Mississippi State projects as a favorite in each of its next five games – you know, the Bulldogs could reasonably be 13-0 and 0 under first-year coach Chris Jans heading into a January 3rd game at Tennessee. I'm not necessarily predicting it. I'm just saying if they perform the way they've been performing consistently, they should win the next five and be 13-0. and 0. And at that point, really at this point, but certainly at that point, they will have solidified uh, themselves as, as one of the better teams in the SEC and look like they're headed, you know, and a season can take a lot of twists and turns, but they'll certainly be well on their way to making the NCAA tournament under a a first-year coach. And by the way, there's a list of like first-year coaches who are doing pretty well this season, all things considered. Uh, Expectations for these programs were different here or there, but right now there are five coaches in their first years at new jobs with top 40 Ken Palm teams. Are you up for another trivia time this early? Oh, gosh. I don't nice. know if your brain can handle it. I'm looking. I was real quick. I was, so you think Mississippi State's going to get to 12 and 0? I think they can. I think they're going to be favored in their will. next five games. They got to go to Minnesota. They got a game against Drake on a neutral. They got a good shot. I'll, I'll say they get one loss. But I was just looking at their schedule while you were doing that. So yeah, throw that trivia time at me right now. Something about and, first and, year and my, 
Yeah, and my main thing with with Mississippi State is that you know they don't have this massive win, but they do have um, multiple wins over teams that are comparable to the teams. You know, a lot of teams, you know, perceived really good teams in this country uh, have lost to. Like I had a list earlier. Um, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, Arizona, Baylor, North Carolina have all already lost to to teams that are comparable to a Marquette or a Utah. So when you're undefeated and you haven't lost to a team like that by definition, then I'm going to pay attention to that, particularly when the computer numbers um, don't necessarily support top 10, but certainly um, highlight how you are outperforming all reasonable expectations and 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 certainly heading in the in the right direction. So I'm a believer in Mississippi State right now. And obviously, based on this conversation, you know that Kevin Willard and Chris Jans are two of the five coaches in their first years at schools that have their teams in the top 40 at Ken Palm right now. So really what I'm saying is, can you name the other three? Uh, Sean Miller. Sean Miller is certainly one of them. Xavier is 31st at Ken Palm right now. Shire. John Shire. Duke is 18th at Ken Palm right now. There's only one more. And then we've already mentioned the, yeah, we've mentioned it already. Dennis Gates. I'm not going to drag it out. Dennis Gates at Missouri. Oh, and, Missouri's third. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's not dragging out. Cause I don't know if I would have gone that high. Although they were preseason top 40. So maybe I should have done that, but yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me make sure it's still there that they didn't drop out after this game. Um, oh, they did. They're improving the 9-0, and dropped them from 39th to 47th. Dennis Gates is headed in the wrong direction, Missouri fans. Three hours ago, they were in the top 40. And now, That's look, sick. barely in the top 50. That would, and like if you're listening, you're wondering like why. The, yeah. I can't believe these people had to live through the Kim Anderson era, and now this. <laughs> well, the reason that is, is they were projected to win by a certain amount, and then they fell well short of that, so they dropped in predictive efficiency. That's all. All right. So both my trivia times are flawed. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We're in midseason. For, literally, we're in midseason form uh, right now. I and still, last So here's, here's the thing with Missouri. It's still 9-0, and and then I'll turn it over to you. They do have a win over Wichita State, but that's it. And I don't know how good Wichita State is. So they don't have great wins. Only one top 100 Kim Palm win. Um, but boy, they got a big one on tap. Mizzou is hosting Kansas next Saturday in the border showdown. And Ken Palm projects this as, as a, a close game. It, it's got it right now as a final projected score of Kansas 80, Missouri 77. So that building is going to be uh, lit, as they say, with the Jayhawks in town. And if if Missouri is to win that one and improve to 10-0, then and, I think Missouri certainly cracks the top 25 and yes. probably finds itself back in the top 40 at Ken Palm. And they got themselves a stew. There's no doubt about it. Um, Illinois fans, we'll have uh, we'll talk uh, your matchup real quick at the end of the show, but I'm going to be there Tuesday night at the Garden to see them in person for the Jimmy V. Um, um, Coleman Hawkins is an NBA player as far as I'm concerned, and Terrence Shannon Jr. has been... I think even better than anticipated. That was a good run you gave Maryland. That's the only thing I got left. I got GP on that one. It was a really fun watch. Maryland came out with the win. And now, yeah, it's got at Wisconsin, Tennessee on the neutral of neutral. Actually, that might not be so neutral. Maryland fans will get up there. So they'll actually have a slight advantage, even though it is a neutral court. And then they will host UCLA the next Wednesday. So real quick before we move on, next three games over under 1.5 wins for the Turtles. What are you saying, GP? That's at Wisconsin, Tennessee on a neutral. <sighs> 
hosting UCLA over under 1.5 victories for Maryland in its next three games for the undefeated as of now, Terrapins. <laughs> That's tough. Do like you one and two, it's not. I know, I know. One and two, one and two is not bad in that stretch. I mean, There's like the Colts are still teams, a- yeah, in that stretch with Tennessee and UCLA as of right now. Yeah, and the Cole Center, and the Cole Center, like the Cole Center is still the Cole Center, you know. I'm. I will. I. I'm not taking. Uh, listen, <laughs> we know our. Listen, boss, it's, it's, not Bank. it's not Pinnacle Bank. It's not Pinnacle Bank. Nobody. Nobody yeah, calls the Cole Center Pinnacle Bank. All right, I'm not trying to overstate it, but it is the Cole Center. I'll. Man, I'm can going you one really. I'm going I think one, one and, two. and two is. I think one and two is likely. I think two and one is. Well, obviously, three and zero is possible, but I'm doubtful. Any of these? Zero um, and three, one and two, two and one. Everything, everything's possible. Zero and everything's three to three and zero. Everything in between is possible. I think one and two is the most likely. Without looking at any computers, I would say one and two is the most likely scenario. If you're two, if you're a Maryland fan and you could take two and one right now, and I could tell you that it. through eleven games, you'd yes. be eleven and one. You take in a second. You see, if I say you go, you, I'm giving you two and one, or you're chancing the schedule. You're taking two and one every time. And let's be honest, ma- many a Maryland fan, we know you, we're familiar with you. On some level, many of you are like, yeah, you know what? If we go one and two, like I'll just take it because <laughs> you've just been so beaten down. Like, oh, we get that, but it, there's a lot to be inspired with your team right now and what Willard's been able to do. But I think one and two, and it, it whatever. At that point, you'd be nine and two through the meat of your non-con schedule. You would absolutely take that, and you'll still be in a, a really healthy spot heading into Christmas. So, as noted, there are twelve undefeated teams still remaining in Division One basketball. North Carolina ain't one of them. Gonzaga ain't one of them. It, rough stuff for the Tar Heels and Zags, top two teams in the preseason AP poll. They both took another loss this weekend. We'll get to that next, but first, a word from our partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts2cbs at gmail.com, shouts2cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video, ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you as always for subscribing. I love the soccer promos. Yeah. Right in the middle. If you're an old schooler listening on the podcast, I don't know if you're getting the soccer promos, but they've actually become more relevant and timely as we've gone on. Although Pulisic in the United States are not out of of it. But yes, uh, the the promos are, uh, they're a good little visual break for the YouTubers. You know, I was thinking about, because my whole life, and we'll get the basketball in a second, but my whole life we've been talking about 
you know, trying to become a soccer power in the United States. And we just, for whatever reason, haven't been able to do it. And as I was watching this weekend, it just sort of occurred to me that maybe the best way to do it is to uh, kidnap Kylian Mbappe. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So you're, you're searching for an international crime now. You've, you've, you've yes. graduated. You've, ele- you've elevated uh, purely from, um, why am I blanking here? What was it before? Um, I was, um, no, was no um, what, what was it? What was Louisville. it? I was an expert in. Yeah, Parishes. it was, uh, you're it. like GP, you have gone from extortion to kidnapping. Yes. There we go. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, yeah, I'm, I'm on a slippery slope here. <laughs> one day, one day yeah. I'm just trying to extort a basketball coach. The next day I'm trying to kidnap Killian Mbappe, <laughs> but boy, I would, he's great. You know, I wish he were American. Yeah. Yeah. I spent all I spent all Saturday wishing Kylian Mbappe was an American. Yeah, I uh, I you know how if you watch the World Cup enough, these guys are constantly where you think they should be able to score from, and then they just don't score. They don't even shoot. You know, you watch yeah. that, you see that too. Like you're you're like, oh wow, he's probably about to score, and then he doesn't even shoot. And, and I'm sure he has his reasons, but but like my point is this. Mbappe scores from those places <laughs> where these other guys don't even try. He just scores from all these places, like all by himself. That's, that's my, I think that's we my soccer analysis. Serious, yeah, we, we got to get you on our soccer pod. <laughs> clearly, this kind of analysis. That's, my, that's my so, that, what, what if they bring me on the soccer pod? And I'm like, listen, I, I admit up front, I don't watch this stuff as much as you guys do, but it seems like if we just had a Killian Mbappe, we'd be all right. <laughs> seems like we're one Mbappe away. Exactly. All right, North Carolina Gonzaga. Let's get to it. <laughs> Still thinking Darius. about killing him, Bob. Okay. You do that. Let me. Uh, let me. Let me. Let me go into this here. Carolina, North Carolina, and Gonzaga okay. both took losses this weekend. Gonzaga yes. lost again Friday night. This time to Baylor. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Mackenzie Payton and Brody. North Carolina lost again Sunday afternoon. This time to Virginia Tech. Shouts to Bimbo Coles. Shouts to Malcolm Delaney. So UNC is mm. now five and four. Gonzaga is five and three. If my math is correct, dead leg, that means the teams that were ranked first and second in the preseason AP poll are now a combined 10 and seven. Here's the question Are you concerned about one of these teams, neither of these teams, or both of these teams? First of all, you still won't give Eric Green love on this podcast, and that ends tonight. I can't. Shouts that is out, that is the most outrageous individual award I've ever heard of. It's not his fault. It is his don't fault. Don't punish the guy who received it, all right? You don't know what we're talking about? Go back and listen to Friday's episode two. No, no, I'm serving this right back to you. What's the bigger deal? Carolina at five and four or Gonzaga at five and three? Gonzaga hasn't lost this many games to this part of a season since 2010-2011. And Gonzaga hasn't lost deal. three of its first five games. Let me make sure I've got it right. Three of its first eight. Gonzaga hasn't lost. Last time? Yeah. 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 I believe it was the 2002-2003 season is the last time Gonzaga lost three of its first eight games. And no. for what it's worth. No, it was 2010-2011. Yeah, 2010-2011. Come on, man. If I'm wrong about this one, I'm just going to get you're, out you're of here. And you're, I'm a, right now. We're going to text Calvin. 2010, 2011, Gonzaga started started four and five. Okay, it was, okay. It was that's, yeah, it was it was 2010, four and three. 2011, was four and four. Gonzaga. Yeah. God damn it. Bad. You're bad. Gotta, maybe drinking and prepping ain't the, at the same time ain't the best idea, you know? 
you lost right now. What's the bigger deal? Gonzaga start or Carolina start? I'm just really disappointed in my trivia time execution today. I feel a little bit like Kentucky on offense. <laughs> like, I just don't really, I don't know. We're getting there too. Hopefully me and Kentucky both going to get better going forward, you know? I think the bigger deal is North Carolina, and I don't even think it's close. And that's because Ooh. Gonzaga, um, Gonzaga, like six of Gonzaga's first eight games have been against top 35 Kempon teams. Beat Kentucky, Xavier, Michigan State. That's the team's ranked fifth, 31st, 36th at Kempon. As far as I know, maybe not. I don't know. The losses are to Texas, Purdue, Baylor. Those are the teams ranked second, fifth, and sixth in the most recent AP poll as of Sunday night. So, sure, Gonzaga is off to a disappointing five and three start. That that is true, and that is one way to look Your at it. Another way to look at it. Team, you had Gonzaga higher than North Carolina. That's why I'm asking you this I question. Did. I did. and I and I still do, and I still do have Gonzaga higher than North Carolina. So validated. Um, but 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 like, how about this? Here here's another way to describe the Zag season so far. They got three quality wins. Zero embarrassing losses through their first eight games, which is still better than something like 98 or 99% of the teams in the sport. So I'm not too concerned about Gonzaga. I think the truth, here's the truth about Gonzaga. Probably not as good as they've been. Probably not as good as some of us assumed they'd be. But still is a good, legitimate, like top 20 college basketball team. I'm not sure that's true about North Carolina right now. Well, I told you you shouldn't have had North Carolina ranked, and now obviously you won't. But they shouldn't have been ranked a few days ago because they hadn't proved they hadn't proved it. Now, let's talk Carolina. I, I got a note on Gonzaga, but we'll loop back. We'll uh, we'll wrap that with Baylor. So, Baycott obviously Armando Baycott did not play. Right shoulder contusion right. happened in the Indiana game. He wasn't on. Also, why I wanted to ask you this because Carolina was not at full strength. Now, if he's on the floor, does Carolina win? Actually, maybe Justin Mutz went off in this game. He's the sort of sleeper for ACC tournament first team come March. He had 27 points on Sunday, showed a variety of moves and acting as sort of like the wind of Virginia Tech sales in this game, GP. Like no Baycott on the floor is part of why he thrived undeniably. Have to believe if Armando Baycott is healthy and playing on Sunday for Carolina, Justin Mutz isn't going for 27. If he's not doing that, VT might still win, but Carolina would have had a better shot there. So you didn't have Baycott. And then they also announced, by the way, DeMarco Dunn, not a, a major factor on this team, but he's got a, a broken bone in uh, his right hand. He's going to be out for several weeks. So they just don't have another player. They're already dealing kind of with depth issues. I did think it was asking a lot for UNC to go into Virginia Tech in this spot and get a win. This is a Virginia Tech that also bumped Carolina out of the ACC tournament last March. I was there uh, in Brooklyn when that happened. I actually thought UNC had a good second half for the most of it without Baycott, like B plus a minus kind of effort overall. They sliced into an 18 point deficit and made the game close in the final few minutes. But you could also say that if you're an elite team, you shouldn't be finding yourself down by 18. I get that as well. Nance love and RJ Davis each had 18 apiece. leaky black. He's got to do better than scoring two points. He'd admit that if he was on the pod right now, um, he's just got to be better. And UNC's terrible from three, man. UNC was three of 17 from three-point range. It's now shooting 29% from beyond the arc through nine games. Last season, Carolina finished 35.8% from three-point range. A lot of coaches will tell you that's about that 35% mark. That's what you're hoping to be from deep. Like that's it's if you can be better than that, obviously, but like you don't want to be too, too much worse. Just short of that is manageable. 
Sub 30% can be extremely detrimental, and it's one of many issues with North Carolina right now. It's at 29.2% from three-point range. Caleb Love has taken 61 three-pointers and made only 16 of them. His 26.2% three-point accuracy mark is identical to RJ Davis, who's now 11 for 42 from three-point range. So, yeah, man. Like Carolina, it's it's a real it's a problem right now. Um, I asked this on Twitter. I still don't have an answer. I, I don't know. It's, you know, maybe a research department's looking this up and we'll know it. Or if you know it, like I, I has a, they were the preseason number one team. They're gonna be unranked in the fifth week of the regular season. So I don't know if that's ever happened before. Has a preseason number one performed so poorly? that by the fifth AP Top 25 poll, so there's a preseason poll, that's the first poll, and then the first four weeks of the season are weeks two, three, four, and five. So by the fifth poll, have we ever had a preseason number one team fall out? I do not know. What I do know is this. There has not been, and I'm not going there yet, but I'm just at least bringing this up because I did I did look it up. Since the field expanded Parish in 85, every preseason number one team has made the tournament. Everyone has made the tournament there. 74-75 NC State went 22-6 and six and didn't make it in a 32-team field. A little bit of a different era there, obviously. I still think Carolina's going to be in the tournament, but you start 5-4, and four, you play the way you're playing. Certainly, UNC fans are going to start wondering, like, can we get this done? You're going to have more opportunities, although in the ACC, it's going to kind of be like last season. Like, you'll have some. It's not going to be a top-three league in the country. So, I agree with you. Carolina is the bigger deal right now. It's the bigger story coming out of the weekend, even if we're not that surprised and like Carolina was not necessarily expected to win the game. Gonzaga was expected, but to me, UNC is the bigger deal in Monday morning's update. Obviously I do have Carolina out of the top 25 and one, you know, they played now four top 75 Kimpom teams and lost to every one of them. And you mentioned Baycott not playing. There was another interesting quote attributed to Hubert Davis um, during the game. Um, the, the first off, the game was interesting because it felt like Virginia Tech was just going to run away with it the way people just ran away from Carolina last December in January. And the announcers, um, I believe Randolph Childress was one of them, um, were like – they kept talking about the, about it and they'd be like, yeah, you know, like Virginia just looks like and Carolina can't do this. And and then they'd say, you know, but there's still a long way to go or it's not over. It was, But like it sounded like they didn't believe that. They were just saying it. <laughs> You know, like, but don't leave us. We go, you know, there's still time. It didn't sound like they believed it. And I don't know that I believed it either. But Carolina did come back and, and make it competitive. And so that is some fight if you're looking for some good. That is some fight that yeah. they showed on Sunday that they didn't show in December and January of last year in certain moments. So again, if you're trying to take a positive, maybe, maybe that's it. Here's the comment that was interesting. The announcing crew. Uh, the broadcast crew was talking about Baycott. This is pretty early in the game. or now It may have been maybe close to halftime, maybe even early in the second half. After, Because initially UNC just announced Armando Baycott will not start. But he did go through warm-ups, and he was in uniform. So it was like, okay, maybe they'll bring him off the bench. But then it became clear he's just not playing. And the crew said that they talked to Hubert about it yesterday, maybe, or earlier today. And that Hubert told them, and I just, I don't know, that just sort of stuck, stood out to me, that Baycott um, isn't injured. He's just sore. And it comes after this other quote following the Indiana game where Hubert said 
the difference in the game was Trace Jackson Davis. Right now, Indiana's got a guy in the front court that they can run offense through and 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 get points on every possession. And we just don't have that in our front court right now. I'm paraphrasing, but that is more or less what he said. So there's been, and then this one, I'm assuming according to Armando Baycott, he is too hurt to play. But according to the announcers, Hubert stopped short of calling him hurt or injured. He actually said again, this is according to the announcers, that Baycott is sore, not hurt. I, you know, perhaps a distinction without a difference, but it sounded odd to me. Yeah, I, I mean, this this was a big spot. Um, maybe you know, he just it, it might have just tried to give it a go and and couldn't give it a go because yeah. The, I actually have since deleted it in my inbox because there was a note from Carolina information before the game. And uh, I think the hope was that he would be able to play, but he also got to get him right here. I mean, UNC's, you know, it's, it's not an absolute must win, but like they got, they got, I assume they have finals now because they don't have any games until Saturday and they're home against Georgia tech. Like you got to beat Georgia tech, man. Like you got to beat Georgia tech and they should. And then they got Citadel, but they've still got, Ohio State and Michigan on the non-con before we get to Christmas there. And so maybe they just want to make sure that, you know, he's where he needs to be and they were in a tough spot. I don't know. But it was, yeah, what you're getting at there, I, I couldn't help but notice it as well. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. Um, so we've talked about Maryland, about Gonzaga, about North Carolina, about you know their notable results from this weekend. Elsewhere in the sport, uh, there were some other notable results. Um, Kentucky got its first meaningful win of the season in London over Michigan. Uh, Indiana lost at Rutgers. Uh, Creighton lost to Nebraska at home. Marquette lost to Wisconsin at home. Louisville dropped to 0-8, got blown out again. Cal dropped to 0-9. Deadleg, walk us through what we need to know in addition to the things we've already discussed. The only thing I had here in my notes that we didn't get on in the first start of it was I do want to note that in two games against Baylor, Drew Timmy's averages are 10.5 points, 5.0 rebounds, 2.0 assists, 2.0 blocks, 2.5 turnovers, and 4.5 fouls. So Baylor sold out to keep Timmy in check, and it wound up paying off. I thought both those teams would crack 80. Neither cracked 65. Obviously a good win for Baylor. Shouts to Huck and the whole crew there. That was a good win for BU to come off after getting beat against Marquette. So I wanted to give a little uh, a little shine. Um, let's start on Kentucky, Michigan. If, if, if Gonzaga if Gonzaga does transition to the Big Twelve, do you think that means Drew Timmy just says, "All right, enough is enough. I got to get out of here." I don't. I think Timmy's eligibility, as hard as it may be to believe, I think Timmy's eligibility might be expired by the time that Gonzaga were to to move to the Big Twelve if that does happen. So they might be spared. I'll I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I got to start with this and Hunter Dickinson and this dude making predictions because it's he's got to stop. He's got to stop. Not, I noticed this too. He's got to shut up. If you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> not have just brought it up. This is this is from 2021. He's calling out Lance Ware, who's on Kentucky. This, this was when because the Kentucky Michigan game was scheduled like two years ago, whatever. It got pushed back because of COVID. It got it got bumped. 
And so it was, you know, and it wasn't ideal. Uh, our friend Pat Forty said, why is Kentucky? Play-? He basically said, why is Kentucky playing Michigan at one o'clock on an NFL Sunday when the World Cup is also happening? And, you know, it just that's when they could get the game. And I don't know. I'm glad they played the game. It's better than not playing the game. And so when this happened and initially the game got pushed, Hunter Dickinson, as you can watch if you see if you're watching on video here, says, "Tell your man Cal to stop ducking. We want that smoke, <laughs> Hunter. You're actually you're a wonderful trash talker, uh, or at least you're a willing trash talker. I mean, but this is becoming he is the he is becoming the Drake equivalent of college basketball players for predictions. I actually think this is going on right now. Not good. He, he Michigan, yeah because because earlier in the season, um, he predicted that they would beat Arizona State by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost by what did they lose by 25 yeah it was bad <laughs> lost was... By, predicted a 20 point win and lost by 25 and then he uh told a, a kentucky player to get cow to stop ducking and then of course kentucky uh beats a michigan team today for its first meaningful win and the loss um is also notable for michigan because uh, jalen llewellyn suffered a non-contact injury that didn't it didn't look good. I haven't heard the update yet. Keep in mind, did, didn't even know Southern Miss lost today. I, uh, you That's know, right. it, it, I, you were the but, only. One. Um, it didn't it, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. It will, 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 you know, I, I am a doctor no. <laughs> on this podcast, if you remember. But I'm not going to diagnose him. But it didn't it didn't look good. He was helped off the floor with 8:40 to go. It was extremely ginger. When uh, when he had to be helped off and went back into uh, the locker room, Michigan was down six at that point. They were mostly able to keep even the rest of the way, but yeah, that that starting point guard right now. The Wolverines are five and three. We talk about other teams like Wolverines don't have a record right now. They weren't ranked as highly in the preseason as the likes of uh, obviously Carolina Gonzaga, but expected to be right. You know, when we couldn't decide who would be the Big Ten favorite, or some couldn't, it was like, well, it could be Indiana, it could be Illinois, it could be Michigan. Purdue wasn't in that conversation. Wolverines are five and three. Don't have a top 75 Kempon win right now. Won't get a chance at another one until later this month when they get Carolina of all teams. You want to talk about a game that could have some real urgency. That's uh, in Charlotte's Jordan brand classic shouts to Nada. He will be on hand for that. Dickinson did have a good game, 23 and nine. Like he did well for himself, but I thought the Wolverines were done in by some inconsistent rebounding efforts and some shaky two point shooting from the guards overall. And then not having Llewellyn was a problem. I do want to give a shout to case and Wallace, man. He might grow in they Kentucky has the reigning national player of the year, and Kaysen Wallace might grow into the most important all-around player for Kentucky as the season goes along. He defensively, he's if he's not elite yet, he is knocking on that door. He gets spacing, he knows when and how to be aggressive. He had a big three to make it a 71-66 game with 110 to go that gave Kentucky a little bit of buffer after Michigan shrunk the gap late GP. I, he's just been to me, one of the top five freshmen in the country to this point. And on Sunday, he had 14 points was four, four from three point range, uh, had eight boards, five assists, a little inconsistent from the foul line, but it paired well with the fact that Shibuya went for 13 and 14. Maybe that will ultimately, we got to get a little bit more with Kentucky to know. And I want to get your quick thoughts on this before I move around the whip around here. But I, I, I I'm almost thinking like this, if, if Kentucky is going to, because this, as you noted, first notable win of the season for UK, um, it might need to be like Sheboy 1A, Kaysen 1B, and they're going to need other guys, but it's it, it, it can't be just everyone hopes Sheboy drags us across the line like last season. I don't think that method's going to work. No, the, if you talk to you know the recruiting analysts, the guys who saw Kaysen Wallace a lot more than we did, 
um, on the grassroots circuits, one of the things they would tell you was going to translate quickly, which isn't always true for freshmen or NBA rookies, is that he's going to be able to guard his position well. And like he's just put together, too. You know, he's not some skinny kid. Like he's put together pretty good, uh, moves really well. You know, the question mark on him is, is you know, three point shooting. You know, as far as being a great college player or a, you know, a great NBA prospect, um, and you know I, I, that, that's still a work in progress, clearly. But he did knock down a big three for Kentucky late with like sixty eight seconds to go. It was a two point game, and so he misses this. Michigan rebounds. They're coming the other way with a chance to tie or take the lead. He made it, so that two point game becomes a five point game, and, and Kentucky pretty much controlled it uh, from there. So, um, you know, Kentucky still doesn't have the big wins that some other teams in this country already have. But that was obviously – I always think of things like this, like games like this, of uh, what's the best thing about it. And I think the best thing about it for Kentucky isn't that it added a win. It's that it avoided another loss to an un, – un, you know, and this time a loss to an unranked team. Um, you know they they didn't need to they didn't need to lose another game. You know, given that fan base and and the pressure and criticism John has dealt with over the past couple of years, uh, they needed uh, uh, they needed to win this game. It, it was a big game for them. I think bigger for them probably than it is for Michigan. And uh, they, they handled business when they needed to. Good job. Uh, you mentioned the Creighton, Nebraska. If you're watching on YouTube, shouts to Mo, Buffalo's finest, Nebraska. I hope this. I did not sound check this. You better be able to hear this start. Stupid thick chunks of broken life and reality. Shouts to Nebraska. Did you hear that, JP? I did hear that. You were let the record show. Credit where credits due. You're much better at prepping your music than I am my trivia times. At least today, let's and let's perhaps always. Of that. This is Nebraska by the band Mo. Has the dinner table come to me? That's a great tune. Tin cans and car tires, 2003. Good, good jam band record. Nebraska gets the win. Let's give a little of Nebraska before we touch on Creighton. Nebraska has now won, and, and these are the small steps, but they mean a ton. Florida State's terrible this season, right? They just lost another player to the se- for the year to injury. Like the, the FSU campaign is done, man. Like it, I hate to say it, but it is. They're one and nine. Florida State better thank the likes of Cal and Louisville for existing the way they have to start because those teams haven't won. FSU is aberrationally, unexplicably terrible, and they lost against Nebraska. Nebraska's won against Florida State, Boston College, and Creighton. Three power conference programs in a row. At least you're getting a little bit of momentum there for Fred Hoiberg's program. No, I don't think that Nebraska's going to wind up being an NCAA tournament team, but you go into Omaha? No, I do not have Omaha by count, Counting Crows ready to go, although also a very I can, good I tune can do it. Doom, 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 doom. Something like that, isn't it? That's uh, That was something. 63-53. And as like we were, you know, prepping podcast, I could try and get it ready for you, but you know, YouTube, like they got the ad. It starts like that. It starts just like that. I will. I will now. Yes, it does. I'll just keep doing it until we get it for real. You want me to get it? I'm going right now. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I got to make sure there's not an ad, though. There's an ad. I got to let this ad play through first. So you go ahead. Go ahead. That's the beginning of Omaha. All right. So skip the ad. I know. So now I got to get this ready since you wanted to do this. Here we go. Yes. Here. And and three, two, one. (laughs) Told 
told you it started just like that. Yeah. The, the worst part of the song is the start of the song. It gets a lot better. Told you. I had it there. Uh, and you know what? Your cue is actually pretty decent there. I'll give you I'll give you credit for that. Um, so people don't Nebraska. realize that it, I people don't realize I was um, once nicknamed the Pele of Horn Lake, um, but also the um, second coming of Adam Duritz. Oh. Yeah. People um, thought if I didn't go into this, I would front a band like Counting Crows. That's what people used to say. But I always welcome your singing. In Omaha, Creighton loses a third consecutive game. Losing the Maui title game to Arizona, sure. Lose at Texas, of course. Dropping to Nebraska, goodness. So Creighton six and three. Next up is BYU in Las Vegas this weekend, and then they will get Arizona State. <laughs> in Arizona State. Man, is there a worse place State. in the world for BYU to be than Las Vegas? Uh, <laughs> Whole damn team gonna be suspended by the Sunday. <laughs> you gotta be careful out there, man. You gotta be careful. I swung the door wide open on that one. Wide open. Creighton yet another about, pre- that's, that feels like entrapment to me. That feels like entrapment to me. You ever been in a casino late at night? Their coach's name is Pope. You literally have to turn down prostitutes at a certain point of the night in Las Vegas. You have to tell them no. It's not like you have to look for them. You have to say, "No, no, thank you." I would tell you, but I was at the. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh uh, t- tarnish any any hotel. But I, but I was at a hotel in Las Vegas, and it was late at night. And I get into, you know, I, I was at another place, and I Ubered back to my hotel, and I got in the elevator, and uh, a woman very noticeably uh, gets into the elevator with me. And I'm like going up to floor 17 or 28 or whatever. And so I, at a, at politely, I say, uh, what floor do you need? And she said, uh, she had, I had already pushed like 24. Whatever floor you're going said, to, honey. It, I swear. I pushed like 24 and I said, uh, what floor do you need? And she said, uh, 24. And I said, oh, okay. And we're riding up. And she says, uh, so you looking for some company tonight? And I said, no, I, I'm not. Um, but uh, I do by the popular 1990s big counting crest. No, I said, I looked right at her and I said, I, she said, are you looking for some company tonight? And I said, I'm not looking for some company. I'm just going to go into my room and go to sleep. But I, I do appreciate you asking. And then the elevator doors open and I, I walk out and I'm walking down the hall. And right before the elevator doors close, I swear to you, this woman yells at me, have fun jacking off. <laughs> I was like, what? What? <sighs> I feel I like, like there's verbally the assaulted. I was like, I was like, have fun doing what? How did you just yell that to me? I was being polite to you. Yeah, I was being polite. You know what? Like our longtime listen, our longtime listeners. I think you've told that once on the podcast before. If you haven't, I've heard it. <laughs> I forgot that I'd heard it, but you've you've definitely told that story to me before. I, and so I just went in my room. And I just sat there. I was like, did she really just? I didn't know how to respond. Oh man, oh man. It's a tough scene. It's a tough we got scene. From, wow, we got we really did. We we made the, the turn from Nebraska basketball to that. Anyway, all right, I'll be quick on this. Creighton has lost three in a row, dropped 63-53 <laughs> at home to Nebraska. You get another preseason top 10-ish level kind of team. 
that is getting off to uh, a rocky start overall from a records perspective. We'll see. we got a few more games, days of interesting games here before finals really take hold, and we, we won't have too much stuff, but we can kind of come up for air and maybe resurface this topic on a pod in the next uh, one, two, or three episodes because there is, if you really look at what the top ten is now versus what it was in the preseason, there's you know no shortage of surprises. Okay, quick Quick whip around here. I'm going to go through this and you give me any reaction. Um, here we go. Without without it dealing with prostitutes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll do my best to stay on topic. <laughs> Rutgers got a top 10 home win in December for a second straight year. 2021 dramatic topple of Purdue on Saturday. No doubt about it. Takedown of Indiana. Hoosiers managed only 30% shooting and were ineffective down low. Indiana did get 21 for Miller Cop, but that was the only bright spot. Did you know before I texted you this today that Rutgers is 7-1? In its past eight games against Indiana, seven and I one. Know no in- I know. I know. Indiana fans love to point a lot of stuff out to me, but they've never pointed that out. Rutgers, Indiana. It ain't a fair fight, my man. They've won five in a row, by the way. Has Rutgers? So good on Rutgers. It, Shouts to Jersey Mike Arena. And this is rough for us because, like, Indiana's got a significant fan base, and the internet's out rest of the weekend, and so you know we lose we lose viewers when this happens. To Indiana, so nobody's rooting for this. Nobody's. It's not good for the pot. Good for Rutgers that you really shut them down big time. That was a nice win, you know. Buried amidst obviously a busy Saturday with World Cup and college football. Uh, not sure what's the better bit of news for Villanova. They were sorely in need of a, a of all the good news they could get. They, what's better that they got Cam Whitmore finally making his debut, or the fact that they found some resolve and managed to hold off Oklahoma. In a 70-66 home win Saturday on CBS, Whitmore logged seven points and three boards in 20 minutes. Caleb Daniels had a team-high 22, and he had a three-pointer with about 58 seconds to go that helped swing the result to Villanova. It was actually a pretty pretty damn good game. Uh, Villanova is now 3-5, and five, as a reminder, 3-5. and five. Has Penn at home Wednesday. That game will mark Jay Wright's CBS Sports debut on a call. He'll be on the color call for CBS Sports Network. Before I go to the next game, are you going to be in studio? I, when I was uh, typing that out, you, you are you going to be in studio this week, or are you at home? No, I I will be in studio Wednesday night. So Jay will be um, in the building for the Villanova game that's on our air. And uh, when they go to halftime, you'll see my pretty face. There we go. Looking forward to it. Uh, elsewhere, real quick, top rank Houston will remain number. Just a reminder, that's the number one team in the country. Will remain number one in AP's top 25. Houston got a tug from St. Mary's in front of like 350 people in Fort Worth late on Saturday night, but they won 53-48. Cougars are allowing only 48 points per game right now. Marcus Sasser had his shoulder pop out near the end of the game. I did see Seth Davis right before we started podcasting. Said he texted with someone in Houston. Uh, said that Sasser's actually expected to go against North Florida. I After the game, Sampson said the shoulder thing won't have any long-term effects. I thought he'd sit out for North Florida because Alabama has a huge home tilt against... I mean, Houston has a huge home tilt against Alabama, that should be a top 10 matchup after the rankings regenerate on Monday. Bama should jump into the top 10. Houston will stay at number one. That's a big one. Um, we'll have to know if St. John's is for real, uh, or at least wait a couple more weeks for it. Johnny's have a bad non-con slate. Lost their first shot against a legitimate top 50 foe. Losing, you know, in casual fashion against Iowa State. So we'll wait on that, Johnny's. I know fans are waiting to see if they're really good. I don't know. We'll see, but I want to know that. And then um, two more. Xavier. One against West Virginia, ended the game on a 14 to 4 run. Sule Boom, former UTEPer, might end up as a top 15 transfer guy this season. Had 23 points, seven assists. Jack Nungy, 17 and 14 there. That was an important victory for Xavier, who needed another win over a high major non con foe. 
Xavier six and three, West Virginia six and two. Neither team will be ranked in Monday's AP refresh. And oh, by the way, Zach Eady, 31 points, 22 rebounds in the Big Ten opener for Purdue against Minnesota. Still very much the national player of the year front runner one month into the season. Zach Eady, I saw a tweet from Bart Torvik earlier where he said he manually decreased. Did you see this? He said he manually oh. decreased in the preseason Zach Eady's minutes per game projection because it was spitting out numbers that were just, just seemed too excessive. <laughs> and he was like, I made a mistake. I should have just left it alone. Like, I, 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 I guess the, um, you know, what, what, he, what he was saying is that when he ran the norm, the numbers normally, it spit out some ridiculous Zach Eady stuff that he was like, this can't be right. And it's looking more right than what he actually produced um, at when he manually adjusted. Like Edie has been a monster this season. Yeah, and he's number one in K-Poy right now. I think the distance is ridiculous, right? Yeah, he is so far ahead right now, Ken Palm Player of the Year <laughs> algorithm, Edie, and then it is a waterfall. And then it's Jalen Wilson, Marcus Sasser, Drew Timmy, Adama Sonogo in the top five uh, right about there. So it was a pretty pretty loud and noisy weekend. What, uh, what about for the next two days before we convene again on Wednesday morning, GP? What are what should people well, be on the lookout? Okay, so there's nothing great on Monday's schedule Though Gonzaga Kent State is is worth know. monitoring, it's worth monitoring. Two, two reasons why. First reason is when I talked to few last week in Portland, he was in complimenting Kent State, being like, "Why the hell did we schedule this game?" Because he it's it is not an automatic Kent State. I don't have. I think they're top one hundred in multiple predicted metrics right now. They are they a are. top two team in the MAC. And how about this? Per Torvik, Torvik getting a lot of love on this episode. Kent State has been the 12th most efficient team so far this season. Top 12 in efficiency, both ends of the floor. That game is unquestionably giving Mark Few anxiety. So just keep an eye out for it. That's the only yeah, one like, really of note for Monday. And that is, uh, GP, that is a nine. I don't. Are you a root sports dude? That's a nine o'clock tip on Monday, Eastern time, root sports. So I don't know if that's a Pac-12 network situation for you or not. I have every channel that exists right. except the Pac-12 network. I'm a I'm a I'm what they call I'm what they call a Pac-12 network denier. You know how like some people deny the moon landing? Yeah. I deny the Pac-12 network. Like people <laughs> say that it exists, but I, I've never joke. seen it and I don't believe I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I'm a Pac-12 network denier. Sue me. I'm a Pac-12 network denier, but I got roots. I got all the root sports. I got so much root sports. Can't wait to keep watch it. it. Keep it root down, Can't baby. Can't wait to watch it. If you need a login, you let me know. Kent State, to put some numbers on it, is um, 72nd at Ken Palm. And they played at Houston a 49-44 game. Like, they played the number one team in the country to a five-point game, um, you know, just uh, just last week. More specifically, I'll give you the date, November 26th. So, again, not going to be a big headline heading in, but that Gonzaga-Kent State game could uh, could get could get interesting. I mentioned if you need a login. I had a lot of people asking for my Peacock login. Um, you know, it was it was fine. It was fine. Hey, by the way, feel- you know, she gave me the login and it did work. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, cha- I even changed my password and I gave, it to, gave it to you, Anata. And... Um, 
and I haven't changed it back. So you can, if you want to watch like a bunch of episodes of The Office or some WWE, feel free. Knock yourself out. My Peacock um, login is 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 your Peacock login. I, I will say it was good. It was it was it was it, it worked. But I did. You know, when you watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime, and you go, "This doesn't look like this looks beautiful. It does not look like streaming as much as it just looks beautiful." The Peacock thing. I say this respectfully. But when I watched Gonzaga Baylor, something looked a little, it looked a little off. Okay, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's I, all. I, I, did you notice anything? Nothing. Did it's, you? It seemed it like a me? solid enough broadcast effort by a platform that normally doesn't broadcast college basketball. But perhaps it will. Perhaps this criticism will find its way back. Yeah, no, I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just they're saying gonna have, they're going to have Big Ten stuff. Like that's actually going like. I will eventually need to pony up and pay for Peacock. I'm not going to use your login here indefinitely, but they will have Big Ten basketball games and some other stuff. Like they are, they are part of the new media rights deal with the Big Ten and other networks. So that's certainly one to keep in mind. I enjoyed the broadcast. I want to be clear. It's just that when I just with my eyeballs on it, just visually, I was like, this doesn't look as clean or smooth or crisp as like some of the other sporting events I've seen stream. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, hit the button if you want to. There we go. Um, Tuesday night. Good double header. I'll be there in Madison Square Garden. Illinois, Texas. Ooh, that's a nice one. And then uh, Duke, Iowa, 930. Jimmy V. And so we will almost certainly lead on one of those results when we talk on Wednesday morning. And I just hope we get two really, really good games. This will be a, obviously a, a huge spot for it. Like Illinois. Good team, gotten some good runs so far. Texas, highly ranked, yet to take a loss. Obviously, Duke is Duke. And then Iowa hasn't really, like, this will be the first big moment for Iowa and Chris Murray, like, on this kind of stage. We'll, we'll see, you know, if they can, uh, if they, not only can they play well, but can they knock Duke off. The irony of a thing like that for Iowa is if you do that, you know, not saying that has to be the case here, but Duke becomes the story. Duke losing is a bigger story than Iowa winning. But if Iowa were to win, uh, would be yet another result, uh, you know, on the plus side for the Big Ten in that regard. Speaking of the Big Ten, we mentioned before, just a reminder, Maryland will play at Wisconsin Tuesday night at 9 o'clock. And then this is a good one. If I was not going to Jimmy V, I would make the trip down to New Rochelle to see this game. Sneaky good, uh, you know, mid-major adjacent-esque game. St. Louis is playing at Iona. That is a quality game. St. Louis, credit to Travis. I don't know what the deal. I, Ford and Patino having the relationship, really? obviously. So, but I, I'm, well, that's got to be I, it, right? I'm pleasantly surprised to see St. Louis willingly going and playing on the road to play Iona. As an, like, well, like that's a tricky. Like that will pay off big time if you get the win from a resume perspective. I actually think that will. But that's if you're St. Louis, you kind of know, like as an A10 program, unless we're getting to the start of the A10 tournament and we're sitting there with like 27 wins, like we could be in a precarious position. So. Credit to Ford for doing it. I was surprised to see it. And yeah, it's it's actually, I wish it was any, if it was tomorrow night, I'd go down. I'm not, you know, I'm barely an hour from, from New Rochelle, but the fact that it's happening the same night as Jimmy V, it will get overshadowed, but uh, it'll mean something significant on the resume, no matter what, when we look down the road and we're uh, parsing out uh, resumes for the tournament. So you'll be at the Jimmy V yep. and I'll be flying. So I'll wave to you from an airplane or something like you're, that. So you're going to be flying Tuesday night when I'm at the Jimmy V. Yeah, I'm flying Tuesday. Okay. Looking forward to it. There we go. Ooh. Doom, doom. Get your money back at the store. You know what? 
take us out. I'm gonna get this a nice level. Nana, we can we can go out on this. Uh, yeah, let's, let's end this. Uh, let's end this Sunday episode, GP, with a little, little Omaha. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Huck. Shanks. Shouts to Maria. There we go. She says. She says she's dying. Okay. Different song. I know. <laughs> but why would she tell you that? Why would Maria song? say you she's remember the song that you're quoting right now? Of course, around around here. Shouts to Sullivan Street. There we go. Shouts to Holiday, taking a holiday in Spain. Shouts to Hard Candy, underrated album from Kind of Crows. Release year 2010. I like Hard Candy. It's the same old Hard Candy. Shouts to... <laughs> what if we just sat here for another 30 minutes shouting out random Kelly Girl stuff? Well, we got about another 20 seconds, so you better get outside on it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Iowa College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can listen to the I- how amazing is like Apple Podcast, Apple and Spotify these days. You can listen to the Iron College Basketball Podcast or August and everything after. Whatever you want to do, it's all there. Everything's right there. So go do that. Leave a nice review, five stars. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. That's a fact. We're going to talk to you again on Wednesday. Till then, take care. Bye-bye.